Nashville Predators split the weekend doubleheader, a blowout win over the Panthers, and a close but entertaining loss to the Wild. We'll use our Monday plus-minus segment to break down the highs and lows of both games, plus stuff from the past week of Predators hockey, all coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Also riding with us today is our friends at FanDuel. Yep, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. So make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Ann. We uh, we had that big uh, diatribe on Friday's show, okay. uh, basically the eulogy for this Nashville Predators team. Uh, the following day, they went out and won a game seven to three. Of course, they did. Surely, uh, and then a uh, a close but entertaining loss to the Minnesota Wild. I'm just let's let's get the headline out of the way. Mm-hmm. Just, Anything, anything you saw this weekend change any perspective or your mind at all on what we discussed on Friday? No, it didn't. It didn't. While I loved seeing Nashville play the way they did against Florida, while I loved they were finishing on offense, season high seven goals in a game. It was great. While I watched them compete against Minnesota for these valuable two points, I don't, I I think we're at the same place. Yeah. What about you? No, 100% agree. Uh, The only thing I will say is the only thing it might change in my mind is a perspective of what might happen for Nashville at the deadline, because you look and you look at the the uh, standings, and they have some games at hand on the teams in front of them, including Minnesota. Uh, a very favorable schedule this week. It's it's against teams that they've struggled with in the past, so we'll see. But like all teams that are towards the bottom of the standings, right. uh, and you know, like I can see in my head if they wound up winning these like next three games or like, you know, two wins and an overtime loss or something like that. David Poyle might go, okay, let's wait till the summer. It doesn't, it doesn't change my perspective of changes coming or changes needed, but it would change my perspective as I, I feel like David Poyle might ride this thing out. I think I can see where, where you're coming from with that. The only caveat I would say is if he gets just an absolute knock your dress socks off offer at the trade deadline, I do still think Poyle spends some time thinking about it. But yeah. 
I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see if they get through, you know, these games against the Canucks and they've got San Jose and if they're collecting some points and, you know, kind of moving in that direction. I don't think they're going to end up at, you know, Stanley Cup finals. But I do think David Poyle will be more hesitant on the big fire sale that I think people are almost expecting to happen. And I would say temper those expectations. I'm with, I think probably you could still see somebody like a piece like a Dante Fabro moved or something like that I, I at think, the deadline. Yeah. I think Fabro's gone regardless. I mean, I think yeah. even the Nashville Predators make a miracle playoff run. Dante Fabro's uh, yeah. not a part of that. And, but everybody else, like I, I, I can see like, him turning down offers for Matias at home. Right. You know, if they're yeah. not just, you know, once in lifetime. Right. Opportunities <laughs> and stuff like that, which, which, you know, with his contract, who knows? Um, so, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah. I agree with you though. I don't, I don't think people are going to see this giant fire sale March 2nd leading up to March 3rd. That maybe people anticipated if the predators kind of keep chawing along. Yeah. Chawing. That is, along. that is a word. It is a word. Uh, let's get to the games from this weekend, shall we? As we mentioned, a blowout win over the Florida Panthers on Saturday afternoon. Preds went down 2-1 in the first period. Of course they did. And then came the onslaught. Five unanswered goals, uh, including four points from Roman Yossi. Preds wound up winning that one 7-3. And then yesterday... Against the Minnesota Wild, another come-from-behind situation. Uh, Predators were down 3-1 in the third period. And then here came the Cavalry. Yet Roman Yossi, Nino Niederreiter tie things up with a pair of goals. Looked like we were headed to overtime. And then, of course, (laughs) 20 seconds after the game-tying goal, Ryan Hartman scores with 20 seconds left. Of course it was Ryan Hartman. Let's be careful about how we phrase that play, though. Let's not say Ryan Hartman scores, because I feel like that is misleading when it comes to what happened. Ryan Hartman was credited with a goal. Thank you. Yeah, the puck bounced off of Ryan Hartman and he was startled like a raccoon in a trash can when the light comes on and yet was credited with a goal. Yes. Yes. And the predators lost. Very apt description. Yeah. Uh, Kind of a heartbreaker. Oh, Uh, you could feel, you could feel uh, the arena at, uh, in Minnesota, just deflate and then just rapidly pop. Right away. Uh, And do you have one word to describe this weekend for the Predators? I actually do. I went classic literature because I want you to think that that's all I read. Um, And I'm going to quote the brilliant author Charles Dickens when he said, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times in A Tale of Two Cities. Mm -hmm. Because that's what this weekend felt like. You had this incredible seven to two win against the Panthers. And honestly, the thing I liked almost the most out of that game is that the Predators did go down 2-1 after having a lead and then came back because that's the resilience that you're going to need to see from this Predators team. That's the dig deep. That's the poise that we've needed to see from this team. And then you come back in, in Minnesota. It took them a lot longer to get back to the poise 
after they went down in Minnesota. And then you're thinking, here it is. Here it is. We're tied up. We're at least going to get one point. We can win two in overtime. And then. So, you know, this was this was a weekend of highs and lows. It was the best of times, Nick. It was the worst of times. That was the Ted Lasso play, wasn't it? Like at the oh end my gosh, we said the same Lasso. thing. Yeah, you have like the miracle comeback right at the end. You can hear like all the um, Richmond fans yes. celebrating and all the Predators players are hugging on the bench. And then you just picture Dan Hynote turn around like slack face and go, coach, and then just point to Ryan Hartman. And it's like, oh, look, instead of making the extra pass, it's, oh, he did anything. Yes. Yeah. We had that's so funny you say that we had the exact same conversation. We're like, this is Ted Lasso, only real life and painful. Yeah. So I, painful. I can picture John Hines humming, um, you'll never walk alone somewhere mm-hmm. going down that tunnel. Yeah. Well, he was not humming. I don't know if you saw the the little uh clip on the broadcast or saw it reposted on social media, but John Hines was not in fact humming after the Minnesota game. I'm not a professional lip reader, but I know the F-bomb when I see it. And he was tearing into, I believe it was the officials after that game. And I'm not sure what it was that had him so colorfully and creatively describing his big feelings. Maybe they were singing, you'll never walk alone. (laughs) He was like, shut the up. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was. It was a thing. To me, Anne, I describe this weekend as uh, flower buds. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody who like goes for hikes in January or February might know what I'm talking about. It's freezing cold. The trees are bare. All the leaves have fallen off. The ground is frozen. You know, there's mud everywhere. There's grass kind of disheveled. It's just kind of a just aftermath of what the winter is just layers of snow and ice and freezing and refreezing just kind of takes, takes its toll on the ground. And then you're, you're on that hike and you see like a little flash of yellow or a little flash of purple. And you look at the ground and there's just like these little flowers that are on the ground that are just kind of budding. They're starting to bloom. They have some color and you're like, Oh man, this is coming out way too early, poor timing. But you look and it's like, oh, well, they're they're starting. Look, in all this like disheveled landscape, there's some beauty. There's a little bit of, you know, growth yeah. on the horizon. And that's what I think about this weekend for the Nashville Predators. I think this team is in for some major changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, some Agreed. of it might come this time next Friday. Um, some of it might come later this summer. You know, I think this has taken a lot out of the team and its fan base, but you watch this game, you watch how they played against, you know, Florida in that big blowout win. You watch their fight to come back and claw their way back into that game against Minnesota on Sunday. You look at the performances of some of these players, Mm-hmm. Some of these younger players who probably are going to be on this team, uh, at least for the immediate future. And you look and it's like, huh, okay, there's some buds there. There's a little bit of flash of colors, something to be excited about. 
even amongst this landscape of failed expectations and major changes, there's something that you can watch and go, you know what? I like that. What a optimistic way to look at it. That's just beautiful. You have painted a word picture that makes this past weekend feel a little bit better for me. This is what podcasting with you does to me. <laughs> I, just always, I just always am optimistic about everything, uh, even though literally three days ago, I just said this team needs to be torn apart. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it may still need to be torn apart, but there will be some pretty things left over that could grow and bloom. Yeah, it's like some kind of weird abstract painting of like a single flower in like the middle of a nuclear blast or something like that. Uh, we have plus minus to get to on Monday. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into the past two games as well as some stuff from last week, including a particular player that out of nowhere absolutely lit it up this weekend we'll talk about that but first want to mention today's episode is brought to you by athletic greens and a product i use every day ag1 you guys know the story about now i started taking ag1 because they sent it in the mail i was skeptical i started taking it regularly and then at the end of the day i was not skeptical uh, it's just one scoop of ag1 in a cup of water every single day and that's it that's all you need to do and with that one scoop you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotic and adaptogens to help you start your day off right special blend of ingredients supports your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus aging all of the things i became a loyal ag1 because i quite simply i like the way it made me feel after a few weeks i started having more energy throughout the day more mental clarity i wasn't needing to you know sulk into the bedroom at the end of work to take a power nap i had energy throughout the day and a lot of it started after I started taking AG1. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it fits into what you want to do. And it has less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, artificial anything. It still tastes good. And the best thing, it costs you less than $3 a day, which, let's be honest, guys, cheaper than that daily cold brew habit you have. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, just one scoop in a cup of water every day. No need for a million different pills and supplements. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann, it's Monday. And you know what that means. Plus, minus. Come on. This is the weekly Monday segment where we take the past week of Predators hockey, pick out things we like, give them pluses, take out things that we didn't like, need improvement, and throw a minus next to them. Uh, and can I lead off with the plus of the weekend? Let's go. Let's go. Where did young Mr. Tommy Novak come from? Now, if you remember, we talked last week about, hey, why wasn't Tommy Novak getting more playing time? He's been a healthy scratch, despite the fact that he's been doing some pretty good things on the ice. 
And I would like to think when you had your conversation with John Hines over the phone about the lineups on Friday, you mentioned this yeah, uh, because young Mr. Novak was back in and five points in two games this weekend. And let's go Tommy Novak. I feel like we talked about this off air. I feel like we need to address him as Thomas. You get five points in two games, and you're not Tommy, little Tommy from down the street. You are Thomas Novak, my friends. Or or just straight up Tom. Or straight up Tom. Like, it is on. It is on. I loved watching Tommy Novak play. You know, he used this time, and and we talked about, you know, like, why is is he healthy? Scratched, Mark Jankowski was in. Um, this got swapped out. Tommy Novak and Mark Jankowski became a healthy scratch. And here's something that I want to say, just going to throw this out there and then we're going to refocus on Thomas. John Hines uh, talked in one of the uh, pregame medias was asked about the lineup and he said, look, you know, Tommy Novak's going to come in. Mark Jankowski's going to be out. We're going to swap them in and out. And Uh, was asked just kind of in passing about Tommy Novak. And he said, you know, he's done a great job. We sat down, we had some conversation about what we're looking for from him. And, you know, he's going to be back in the lineup. And I want to give credit to Tommy Novak because that's not an easy thing to go through. And I think we have seen this. This has been one of the complaints about John Hines. Oh, we're healthy scratching these players. But these are players who are taking advantage. That's not an easy situation to be a healthy scratch when you want to be in there and you want to be playing, but you're seeing players like Cody glass. You're seeing Tommy Novak taking that time, taking the feedback and also credit to John Hines. He is not healthy scratching these guys and ignoring them. He's meeting with them. He's talking with them Mm -hmm. saying, here's what we're looking for. And to see Tommy Novak come back in this lineup and execute the way he did way to make good use of a situation that probably is not what he wanted. So just from the maturity standpoint of the professional athlete, somebody who's highly competitive, somebody who wants to be in the game, shout out to Thomas Novak. And also I know this is going to ire people, but shout out to John Hines um, for not just saying like, go sit on the bench, you know, and in working to get them back in the lineup and playing, but Damn, Tommy Novak. Yeah. Damn, Tommy yeah. Novak. Wow. This this is a guy you look at, mm. and you know you watch, and he's he's still not getting a lot of ice time. And I mean, he's like only he scored two goals against the Panthers and had less than twelve minutes. Yeah, just above fourteen uh, in his three point performance, goal and two assists against the Wild, uh, an assist on every single. Uh, Predators goal in that game. I want to hit on something you said because it looks like, you know, he kind of wants to be out there. You could see Tommy Novak's energy in those two games. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, he's skating hard, blah, 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 blah. But you see the energy in how he approaches plays. I mean, he's driving to the net. We talked about it last week about how important that is for the Predators to need to do, to drive to the net, to get active in the play, even if you don't have the puck, to kind of aggressively try to get to areas the defense doesn't want you to be at. And Tommy Novak did a really good job of that this weekend. And, you know, it's funny. 
I look at his ice time and I look at his just gaudy numbers right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Seven goals and nine assists in just 23 games this season. Obviously shattered where he was last year. Do you look at this guy and think like this is Rocco Grimaldi's role on that Nick Bonino, Craig Smith line? Yes. Where you're maybe you're not necessarily getting a lot of ice time, but the coach is able to kind of pick and choose where you're going to be deployed. And then once you are and you hit that role, you're absolutely killing it. Yes, absolutely. I think I think you've hit I've, I think you've really hit on a great comparison. I would I would like to see more Tommy Novak more Tommy Novak ice time. I think he's definitely earned it, but then you get into the whole, you know, are you going to mix up the line changes? The other thing that I will say that is so encouraging about Tommy Novak as the predators are kind of entering this kind of nebulous what's next phase is this is somebody that you're going to want right. to be watching in the next two, three, four seasons. I mean, you're looking at Tommy Novak and you're saying, you know what, if the Predators go rebuild to the best of their contract ability, Tommy Novak is going to be a really bright spot to watch. Wow. Yeah. Loved this kid. Loved watching his game on both ends of the ice. You know, offensively, just really did a great job in both of these two games. But just defensively and puck pursuit and play against the boards and, you know, physicality and using his body like Tommy Novak. Come if on. He, if he can fix his defense, if he can up the defensive ante yeah. a little bit, that guy is a third line center, like an NHL third line center. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that you can plug and play out there, maybe with some more defensive minded wingers. But I like what I've seen uh, from Tommy Novak so far. Yeah. Definitely. I'm more Tommy Novak, not less friends. We want more Tommy Novak. Yeah. Um, you know who else I want to see more of? Who? And this won't surprise anyone, friends. But can we just talk for a minute about Ryan Patrick? Can we just I'm, talk for a minute about the, the middle, giant plus that is Ryan Patrick? The middle name you do know. The middle name I do know. We we have taken to calling him RPM in our house. Ryan Patrick McDonough had his first multiple point game against Florida. Um, just fantastic game there. And, and that was a good game for a lot of players. But Ryan had a great game. And even against Minnesota, there were some plays. And again, this is my big frustration when I talk about Ryan McDonough is so many little things that don't show up on the score sheet. So many little plays, you know, back checking and positioning and all of that. Ryan McDonough, his defense is absolutely mesmerizing to watch. Just the little small things that he does. And I wanted to make sure that he got a plus because not only is he consistently great on defense, but look at him dishing out assists like he is Mikhail Granlund reincarnated as a defenseman. Yeah, he is Johnny Appleseed from how often he has thrown out those apples in that Florida game. Yeah, loved it. So I have to give I have to give a fat plus to Ryan Patrick, which you know delights me to my core. But he earned it. Yeah, Ryan McDonough to me, it's the guy that does everything right. Yes. And a lot of the stuff you don't know is where you don't see him making a lot of mistakes. 
Uh, and, you know, the Preds put him out there in some tough situations. I mean, he gets a lot of defensive zone starts. He's out there on the penalty kill. Really doesn't have a lot of time to, to transition or, you know, carry the puck into the offensive zone. He's kind of the, you know, almost like the wolf from um, Pulp Fiction. Like the guy that when there's a dead body goes out there in his little suit and tie and is just responsible for getting rid of it and making sure everybody looks nice and clean and everybody's stories are straight. He's like the guy. It's like, Hey, if somebody, if somebody makes a mistake, if somebody butchers somebody, if somebody gets a bad penalty and goes to the box, he's like the guy that goes out there in his little suit and tie. I assume with a necklace that says Ryan Patrick on it. And he sits there and he like sips his cup of coffee. And it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill this penalty. All right. We're going to get this puck out of the zone. I'm going to go ahead and block like 20 shots in a row. Keep, right. keep, keep it clean in front of UC Soros and Kevin Lincoln. And, and yeah, yes. we're going to, we're going to escape with this uh, better for it. He, he's like the cleaner of the national. He, he is. I love it. Now, of course, I love talking about these positive things because that's who we are, but we also are going to need to take a minute here and address some minuses that have happened over the course of the week. And we are going to do that in just a minute. But first, we do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. It is now the midway point of the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to wait for this, $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you can download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Look, it's safe, it's secure, it is super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scorers to three-point shots drained. Look, if you think you know who's going to win Rookie of the Year, go ahead and place the bet on that. Or if you want to put some money down on the winner of the Eastern Conference, Go ahead. And you know what? If you want to stick to NHL, they have tons of bets there. They've got some interesting day games going on today. If you're feeling lucky and have the day off and want to try it out, go ahead and do that. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba all right and it unfortunately cannot be all sunshine and rainbows fourth and nashville predators sure uh, not <laughs> yeah would you like to drop a minus Oh, would I like to drop a minus? Yeah, I'm. look, here's the minus that I'm dropping. And and we've talked about this, and I don't want to beat that dead horse, but here's the carcass, so let's take a swing. All right. Let's talk about that Boston game. And I'm not talking necessarily about, we don't need to break it down again. We all lived through it. You know, we don't need to break that down. But here is the the minus for me, especially from that Boston game. And that was... This is a Nashville Predators team that even in warmups had no swagger. Mm -hmm. This is a team that in this game did not play with confidence. They looked intimidated. And I and, and look, I get it. Boston is a powerhouse. They're the best team in the league for a reason. 
you know, they're fantastic. They're a huge challenge. I understand that. But the Nashville Predators didn't play that game with an ounce of why not us? Yeah. No swagger, no confidence. They treated the puck like it was a hot potato. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted to put the team on their back and go. And to see that sort of hesitation, that lack of poise, that unsure confidence lacking play at this point in the season yeah. was alarming because I think you have teams like San Jose and I think you have teams like Arizona who still, God love them, they they still play with some confidence and swagger. Nobody has told them. And Vancouver. And Those Vancouver. Those are all three opponents. That's, that's what I was talking about, you know, with this week, and where all three teams of Predators play this week are buried in the standings. But there are bright spots. Yes. Every single team. I mean, the Sharks are tanking, but look at what Eric Carlson is doing. Eric Carlson having a Hart Trophy-esque kind of season. Who and saw then, that coming? Yeah, and then you look, you look at the Vancouver Canucks, you know, in absolute turmoil right now. Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, mm -hmm. two really good players who are going to be some of the NHL's best for a very long time. And then, oh, by the way, the Arizona Coyotes, they have points in nine of their past ten games, Anne. Come on. They have points in nine of their past ten, and Clayton Keller, maybe the one person on that Coyotes roster that you can guarantee is going to be there in like three years. You know, maybe their their biggest loan building block right now uh, is absolutely tearing it up, and he is looking like he is kind of emerging as, you know, a, a superstar too. So the Preds can't have that kind of energy against yeah. these teams because these teams have things – you know, pieces of their team capable of punching the Preds in the mouth. And so, you know, if they come out and just go through the motions and play down to their opponent, which we have seen them do time and time again, that is come going on. to absolutely crush them. Yes, it is. And yeah. I think so much of it is not necessarily on ice execution. Not that there can't be improvement there. It's the vibe. It's yeah. the vibe. And so, for me, it was a minus, like lack of confidence. I, I don't, I don't like, I don't think I can, I don't like, I'm going to pass the puck because I don't think I'm going to be the guy. Yeah. Every one of those Nashville Predators needs to look in the mirror and go, I am the guy. Yeah. And you yeah. may not be, but at least go into the game going, I'm the guy. You saw that over the weekend too. So it's there. Yes, it's there. And I have to give a minus. Oh, no. I, I don't want to. I know. I, I like the guy. I have to give a minus to Jeremy Lazan. Can we just this, say blast? This poor guy. Uh, um, you know, if if the Predators had more than five capable defensemen on the roster right now, this man would be in healthy scratch land. Uh, you know, we, we talked about just the absolutely abysmal Boston game, uh, you know, a bad, a bad play, a couple of bad bounces. He got, uh, scolded mightily by John Hines. Yeah. And you go to the Minnesota game and, uh, Hey, let's point out that he got an assist. So he did yeah, good he job. Did. Uh, but it was the penalty 
right at the start of the second period. You already had the Brandon DeHaime goal and then just a careless stick. Like one of those penalties that John Hines has gone on record and said, drive some wild, winds up whacking a guy right in the face. And then, of course, what happens? Carl Kaprizov makes it to nothing. And you can just see the you can just see like the the guy with the horn following Jeremy Lazan in the box going. (laughs) I know he really he had a rough he had a rough week and. We've seen stretches where he has played really well defensively. Yeah. This was not that week for Jeremy Lazan. It was yeah. not. Hopefully he turns it around. Can it's, I? It's end... a new week, Jeremy. It's a new week, buddy. Can I end on a plus, and and Let's do it. Somebody that I think you also want to give a plus to? Nino Niederreiter. And yes, for the game uh, tying goal. Uh, against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, you know, good to see him kind of find his groove late in the game like that. But the save! Come and on! Let's talk about the Nino Rider save. How many times have we seen an NHL player, whether it's a defenseman or forward, get in that goal and kind of assume the goaltending role only to kind of, you know, half hang out and just <laughs> let the puck go right through the, like, yes. the skates? This man... Made a kick save. This man pulled out his Pecorine jersey and just kick save. This this is the best like actual like goaltender save by a skater that I've seen in the NHL in a very long time. Come on. And not only did he make the save, which was incredible, incredible. And and where would I mean that was a goal. That was a hundred percent a goal. Without Nino Niederreiter. I mean, yeah. God bless UC Soros. He was like over in a different section of Minnesota getting a coffee somewhere. Yeah. But not only did he stop that goal, the theater major in me wants to give extra credit because not only did he make the save, but he did it like an action hero playing a secret service agent, slow motion, taking a bullet from, you know, for the president. Like, it was incredible. I kept, like, rewinding and watching, rewinding and watching because I'm like, incredible play with tons of zhuzh yeah. while, while, while executing it. So, Nino Niederreiter, like, look at you. Look at you. This is, this is a guy who embraces the fundamentals of goaltending, <laughs> and he is he a swift forward. I loved it. I loved it. Like not only was it was it a critical moment in the game, but the flair with which he did it, the theater major in me says, "Bravo." Good job, Nina Nina Ryder. You loved uh, it. You might have saved that game in multiple ways. Yeah. Uh, if Ryan Hartman didn't score his raccoon in the trash can goal. He didn't score it. He was credited that's, with a goal. I, that's why I said the raccoon in the trash can. The raccoon in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so let us know your plus minuses. If you're listening at home, either tweet us at LO underscore predators. Once Twitter is not broken, uh, which apparently is this morning. Uh, or if you're watching us on our YouTube page, leave a comment. Love to hear from you guys. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. 
You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me at on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Uh, and yeah, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform or if you're watching us on YouTube, whichever one it is, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Not only uh, will you be the first to know when we have new content, but it also helps us out a little bit. Not going to lie. Selfish reasons there, but please do it. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back tomorrow with an all-new episode. See you then.